turn on that radio and back here. The cops ain't likely to catch up with us, not tonight. So we can all be quiet and peaceable and listen to the music. This episode of Auto Dealer Live is brought to you by True Car. Man, this is that time. What's time? It, it, I'm, <laughs> what time? What time? You, you know something that's crazy? Time. What time is it, everyone? It's you know something? Yeah, time. Yeah, you know, if I sound like Sylvester the Cat, it's because you didn't tell you. every time. It's so cool. It's, cool. it's so cool. Everyone that doesn't understand, we have a phenomenal production team. Yes, we do. And it, it just hands down. But we're humans. And I can't hide my feelings. I'd be like, I would suck like on Fox News or like like real TV where you can't, you got to be all like, hi, this is David Villa. And I can't do anything even if there's like stuff going on because like the tinniness of my ears that's yeah. going away now that was there. It was there for a second. It threw me off. It, uh, yeah. You know, I was like, me too. You know, it's like, yeah, but you weren't talking. I heard you though. It threw yeah, me and off. It, and it literally just like affected my whole intro. And it caused this, this travesty of what you're hearing right now. <laughs> this, di- <laughs> this, this, this debacle. Oh. What's up? I, I don't mean that against I, you guys. I mean that like me. Like in other words, I'm, I got the blue ADL I'm shirt, which matches our blue ADL yeah, background. You do. It looks pretty hot. Boom. Pretty hot it does look. look cool. I also like the fact that we're like we've got America full on American Idol style, where we're we've got uh, beverage representation now, if you will. For those of you that don't know, make sure you guys, Kim, when you guys are doing social media today, tell Jenna if you're buzzed in. Tell Jenna, Jenna, you're listening. She's uh, next door. Her and Mikey. You guys get it out there. Let's put a shout out to Perrier. Maybe get a, a picture, but Perrier. Man is 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 as sponsored by sending us. I like, mean, they sent us a, a crap these them ton, watermelons, a crap ton. Okay, Perrier has sent us a crap ton of watermelon Perrier. It's only available Ooh. currently, from my, what I understand, at Seven Eleven. Seriously, it's only. It's like my guys stumbled upon it, brought it in. We love it. It's we we do a lot of bubbly water. <clears> we call <throat> it here at the office. This one I just happens to be one of the best flavors in existence. Watermelon. And if there ever were a sponsor that I am incredibly proud to talk about, it would be Perrier. I drink enough Perrier yep. in general. My refrigerator has orange, has lemon lime, has the glass bottle, the glass has a glass bottle, yes. green apple the in green there, apple. and then watermelon. But watermelon is only available at Seven Eleven. But they sent us this, and how cool is that? With a cool little letter, man, about a week and a half ago or so. And I want to thank them. So make sure you go out and pick up some watermelon Perrier at Seven Eleven. Perrier, <clears throat> it's delicious. Hey, guys, today we're talking about customer service. I'm Dave Villa, by the way, Dave at IPD Mail on Twitter. Dave Cribbs at Desking Deals on Twitter. <laughs> the sign, the, the, Are the, you Ken Brady? The teleprompter says, let's roll like midges falling down a hill. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. I'm not, yeah, tack- I'm not, I'm not tackling that one. I'm <laughs> not tackling no midgets today. <laughs> Fantastic. Mm. Well, you know what's cool? We actually just came back from uh, DB22, as we like to call it here in the biz, DB22. That was a, uh, a raving size? success. DD22. Yeah. Double D22. Double D22. You like that? You're talking about Lou. Because yeah. right. you're a man. You Lou, Lou needs a boomerang to put on his belt, but uh, hey, <laughs> hey, talk about me, buddy. Lou's like, I got to get dressed. <laughs> <laughs> Same size I was in high school. Whatever. Uh, yeah. I just graduated last year, by the way. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no, I was a fat lard in high school, too. <laughs> That's how I, yeah, I just haven't lost any weight. So hey, um, we're on air. I know. I wore yeah. that hat on Digital Dealer, uh, at Digital Dealer, which I was, trying to tra- I was trying to transition into that. You got the hat? Oh, it's my brain child. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I don't have Very one. Very creative there. Dave up, has one, and up who else has on one? On air. <laughs> Dave has one. Did you do it? No, you didn't, buddy. <laughs> we don't even have an on-air sign in here like you would have no indication that we're even on the air so huh? with the with the with the with the uh with the actual content that we're giving out right now you would never know i don't know what you're saying yet hey oh, so yeah cribs man today we're going to talk about is the customer always right no nope, nope. no we're going to nope. talk about that nope. oh, so okay. where do you stand <laughs> nope, guys they're not 
Oh, well, you know, hey, <laughs> I, know. I wanted to fire a few. I might, might have one in <laughs> mind right now. I want to fire. So, uh, no, I, you know, hey, I think that, uh, you know, obviously it's our job to present ourselves in a way that we're attractive and appealing to um, our clients so that we can build a business, right? But um, <clears throat> Speaking of attractive, i got to say this real quick. Can I, can I do this? Can I do this, Lou? I mean, can I do it? Here, Cripps, oh, can you get your me. foot up that high? You got to show them your Crocs. But come on, man. You got to do it. You got to show them what? Get one of your foot. <laughs> you got to show them what? Man. Your Crocs. Can you get your foot back? We got to show you your crotch. Your Crocs. Wow. That's what it sounds like you say, man. Come on, give us your boot. This is a family show. Boot. Real oh, quick, real quick. I'm a little old. What are you doing with the background there? Look at these. Look at these. Here, I'll help you. Look at this. Look at these, ladies and gentlemen. Look at these boots. But listen, before he bought them, that's them right there. That was Johnny and Louis Croc. Yeah, he duct taped them and made them himself. That's the same color. Right in the outback. I know. That's what they were the boots. Good job. Good job, buddy. Good job on identifying the actual ones that made were made you know into his boots. That, did you? No, I didn't. I didn't know you took a <laughs> DNA sample from these. Things. That's right. But, uh, well, go ahead. Awesome. I'm sorry. Gets, you were you were you were being serious. He was. No, I'm just saying. Yeah, you know. I mean, obviously. I mean, I think it's uh, it goes without saying that we want to do the best job that we can to attract customers and not only attract them but serve them and and keep them as mm-hmm. a customer. But sometimes I do believe that um, you know it it may not be a fit. You know. Um, you, you do have customers that uh, that either have maybe some disillusioned expectations or something or some issue that we just can't get past. So I say, yeah, let's let's fire them. What the heck? Fire them all. No. Tommy, when you come to customers, you know, it's like it's interesting because I don't think any of us think that customers are really always right. I don't know where that came from. It sound it sounds like it came from like J.C. Penney or Sears. Right. Or I like, you know, customers Penny always too. right. Yep. You know, and then, you know, rule number one and when you, rule number two reflect the rule number one or whatever you know when in doubt but the truth of the matter is they're not always right no one's always right right so my question would be if they're not always right and i think what they're trying to say harry gordon selfridge the founder of selfridge department store in london he coined it in 1909 thank you so harry said the customer's always right well nobody really feels that way literally so what harry was doing back then you know, which was which was a uh, different era. Was he was saying that you know that that you know you need to take care of your customer and treat them right. And the fact is, they cannot be your customer one day. But so let's look at why. Why are some reasons? We're going to talk about that today. But what are some reasons, man? That you know we end up losing the customer. I think if we don't come to reality, you know what I'm saying. If we don't come to reality, yes, we end up losing the customer anyway. And then we have no nothing. So well, I, that's the question: way, Are they your customer if they haven't bought from you yet? They're not a customer yet, right? So how no, can no, they I'm be? Saying that's if, what you're saying. Okay, that's what if you're you, to say. No, I'm saying that your customer's always right. That philosophy: you do business with them and you kiss their butt. So you, to the place where you don't tell them the truth, mm. you're going to lose them anyway. Right. So I think the truth of the matter is, if they're if they're if they're if they're wrong with with tact, right? Then maybe then maybe what you could do is 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 show them why that there could be another way. To consider, you, you, you know what I'm saying? No, 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 I, I do get it. Um, <laughs> I just was thinking in 1909, it probably sounded something like this: Hey, everybody, we got to make sure the customer's always right. You go out that sales floor, you make it happen. You go out there, you sell them the penny loafers. You go there the best way you can. <laughs> something like that. That probably. Did but he was like actually that. in London, so it probably sounded different. Oh, but I can't do a very goodness. good English accent. Everybody, it's 1909. You go go out there. You go to sell them watches, those pocket watches, and you go make sure the customer's always right. That's Australian, kind of more. That was not Australian. You're freaking stupid. Well, you know, hey, and, and this will probably come up during the show, but we'll maybe throw this out there as a, as a dynamic. You know, when I think about is the customer always right, I also think about sort of our process that we go through with selling because, you know, obviously, as we know, a lot of customers want to come in and jump right to, hey, you know, let's talk figures or let's do this or let's do that, where um, it's fine if they're ready to buy and they're that far along in the process, we have to figure that out. But if they're not, there's some other things that need to be done. So the customer's not always right there, and we have to be professional enough to kind of, you know, appease them and bring them back into a process that's going to, by the way, serve them as much as it would serve us. Yeah, and, you know, my, my question would be, and I'm going to, you know, put this out to the, to the panel that we have coming on. By the way, the panel that we have coming on, uh, there's five on the panel and four of them are, are, are actually talking to us on the blacktop. And then one, I mean, literally just recently, so recent that they were on our show a couple of three months ago at a dealership and now have transitioned uh, to a company. So we've got five people um, that are car people that are going to be talking about this. They're, they're much more of an expert because they're currently doing this with regards to the auto business. But my question would be, you know, if your customer's always right and that's the way you really feel, you know, I mean, do you have a lot of customers? 
You know, do you have enough customers, you know, to, to you know, because to, the truth of the matter is if that that's desperation and, you know, are you afraid of upsetting the apple cart? And uh, again, my my philosophy is um, if if they're wrong and if it's something that needs to be addressed, it's going to end up hurting you in the long run. So I think there's just some things to explore today. There's a lot of comments. We have a whole sheet uh, and a half of comments that have um, off of Facebook. Um, so we're going to read some of these comments and ask some questions that went out as well. So I'm excited about this. Are you? I'm always, yes, you're always right. What are you doing? What does that mean? He said, I'm always right. Are you you're because you're my customer. So, are you <laughs> so yes, absolutely. It? Of course right. I am. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? I don't cut like being it, excited. Cut it out. Huh? Yeah. What? You don't like being excited? Henry Ford said, if I had asked my customers what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse. Oh. oh. That man had some. <laughs> he knew the ledge, that, that guy right there. Right? Come on, man. Always, boom. Come on. That's pretty good. Are you excited? No. You can I have any color you want. As long I as it's black. Excited. Looking forward to it. Got some great guests. Great lineup. And I'm ready to get into it. Come on, somebody. All right. Let's so do it's, it. All right, man. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Don't go anywhere. We've got the Is the Customer Always Right panel. Hi, I'm Chip Perry. The pledge was and is an action plan designed to address head-on the concerns that many of you told me about right after I took this job. Thus far, our dealer pledge has been aimed at fixing the major pain points that you told us about related to our product, our customer service, and our consumer advertising. I'd like to reiterate that our dealer pledge is our ongoing commitment to you, our dealer customers, and we will continue to work hard to improve our service to you. Attention dealership managers. Do you have a sales team that's underperforming? How about a sales team that's doing amazing but you still think there's room for improvement? If so, I have a solution for you. My name is Mark Jennison and I'm a sales performance trainer. I've helped countless salesmen and dealerships take their skills to the next level through lead generation, setting quality appointments that actually show, holding more growth, and delivering exceptional customer experience. So if you want more, if your team wants more, if you're looking to skill up, go to markjennison.com forward slash dealership and let's roll. All right, the uh, panel that we are bringing on right now, right now is a customer always right we have brad pascal formerly e-commerce director at street auto group that's the person i was talking about if you haven't figured that out he is now with lot links a dealer advocate which is right up his alley we have ryan duck dunston come on ryan duck not duck dynasty duck, duck dunston baby assistant sales manager internet manager at thornton road hyundai we have bill have let me tell you something. What a cool name. Have is not with an E when it comes to Bill. It's H-A-V. Trusted Vehicle Advisor. Another cool title. At oh. Phillipsburg Easton Honda, we have Kevin Zimmick. I'm not even going to say where he's from, but he is the owner of Ridge Hill <laughs> Ford Sales Incorporated. Look at him right there. Look at him right there. And then we have Victor Mentoya. <laughs> what the heck is going on? Every time that? I say Victor's <laughs> name, I think of Princess Bride, where the guy whips a sword out and says, you killed my, you know, I'm, I'm, what's his name? I'm uh, Montoya, whatever. When, yeah, I, yeah. when I hear. But let me tell you something, man. This guy is GQ all the way. Met him at Digital Dealer last week. He's the internet nice director at Sun Toyota, part of the Morgan Auto Group right here in the Bay Area. And uh, we are excited to have these gentlemen on the panel. And uh, we got some great questions, awesome comments. What do you think, Mr. DC? I think it's good stuff. We got an all-star lineup. And, you know, I want to go right to uh, Kevin because, uh, Kevin, you have a unique uh, kind of perspective as the owner of a dealership. Ultimately, you know, that is the customer's right. Kind of makes its way to you eventually if it gets that far. So maybe weigh in on this topic and see, you know, maybe share some of your perspective as an owner. Well, good battle. Thanks for having me on, first of all. Welcome, everybody. I hope your April is going great. Um, you know, further to the conversation that it started before the panel joined here, there are times certainly when the customer is wrong, but uh, my staff, is, as the steward of the culture in, in my stores, um, it's important for them to know that from my perspective, the, customer, the, the customer is always right. And if there's an escalated circumstance in which, you know, there's difficulty with a customer either in service or in sales for whatever reason, uh, it's up to, it's immediately brought to the attention of the manager. And if the manager, their default setting is to handle it in accordance to what's best for the customer. If he feels that's not the proper uh, way to go, uh, then it's his responsibility to come and explain that to me with his recommendation as to why he doesn't feel that way. And uh, the default setting is, you know, uh, how could a customer possibly be wrong? And how is it good for us, our culture, or other customers not to proceed? Yeah. 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 
And, and Kevin, just before we move on, I just want to ask you real quick. I know a lot of dealerships have a, a, a particular budget that they kind of set aside just for, you know, kind of a goodwill budget for customers when things pop up. Is it, do you have something like that at your dealership, or what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, it's impossible not to. Um, you, you need to, if you're in the game and you understand that the customer is the one that has control uh, and, and they, uh, the, the control is by virtue of their wallet or purse, more, more so purse than wallet, um, then you have to have that budget. I mean, I, I have autonomy within my staff, my customer-facing staff, specifically service advisors, up to a certain amount that if they feel it's the right thing to do, and it will, in fact, buy goodwill, and I've given them predetermined uh, criteria for what goodwill would be that they can proceed with it. Anything above that, they, they bring to me. And again, the default <laughs> is tell me why we shouldn't do right by the customer versus do you know do the wrong thing by the customer. Um, so yeah, we have, we have a provision for it. Call it policy. Call it whatever you'd like. It's not just giving them money or free service. Sometimes it's uh, you know the gift of time, the gift of a free meal, or, or or a night out with their family. If something that we have done or the factory has done has put them out, then you know what? Let's send them to the show and pay for their popcorn and the meal prior. And as they enjoy that time out, they can reflect and say, hey, you know, it, it was a challenge. Uh, we were at the dealership, but they certainly did right by us and gave us back the gift of time and a nice evening out as family. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Kevin. And let me, let me go to Ryan. Uh, Ryan Duck Dunstan, Assistant Sales Manager, Internet Manager at Thornton Road Hyundai. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to let you, Ryan, kind of weigh in. I know you, I love the video uh, out in the lot, man. I uh, love what you do. And, you know, I know you have a lot to say about this topic. So I'm going to let you kind of just segue in, kind of just lay down maybe your general thought process on this. And then we're going to get into some questions as well that have come in on social media. But before we do that, Ryan, why don't you weigh in in general and just kind of uh, open up with your thoughts? Great, great. Thanks for having me, first and foremost. Um, Kevin made a really good point by uh, mentioning the perception should be, whether it is or isn't, that the customer is always right. Um, That's very, very important for them to believe that. And uh, what what we do as a team or dealership to give them that that, uh, feeling, that's that's between each individual dealership. The issue that comes to it sometimes is when it gets to the, the GSM or GM spot, a lot of times what I see is that when the GM, GSM, somebody above uh, comes down and, and you got salesperson, you have a customer, when they give that light to the customer in front of the salesperson, a lot of times it creates resentment to the, to the salesperson individually because then they're pit against that customer. And then and they, they're standing alone while the, while the GM takes the customer side. Obviously, nobody's always right. Nobody. But it is uh, based off of perception. And I feel that the way I do my book of business is I, I try, you know, I, I do such a good service to my customers. They're not going to have an issue, but obviously some people will always have issues. There's people that were raised and they watch their parents have issues, and that's how they get what they got out of life, so they've learned the same thing. You, you have to find a way in a tactful, in a ninja sense form to stand with your customer, understand the problem first. Even if you don't side with the problem, you got to at least let them know that you're listening and you understand, and it is a problem whether it's your problem or not. And then when you work with them, depending on how funky it could be, just give them that perception that, you know what, I wouldn't be upset if that was me as well. You know, even though you know what it is, your dealer typically, your GSM typically knows what it is, but we have to, as on the lower level salespeople, we have to not take things so personal and understand that it's for the bigger picture um, and the customer and perception should be right, but they're not. Ryan, that's so cool that you guys have beds you, in your offices there at the dealership. That's so cool, man. <laughs> they do that. I'm 17 floors up right now, looking over Atlanta. Come Beautiful. on now. Nice. Well, thank, well, say, thank I think you. they do that in Japan too. Where they have naps. They have uh, mandatory naps. Nap no, thank you. That. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. Can I just interject for a second? I just want to make a comment. Who's speaking? Based on what Ryan it's said. Uh, oh, it's Kevin. Kevin. No, it's Kevin Z. Go ahead. And, and that is, is it's listening. And what he said regarding listening, I think, is really important. Half the time that I've got involved with escalated customer issues, the customer just wanted to be heard and to know that someone was empathetic and listening. And even when I made an offer of some form of gesture, sometimes they don't even take it. They just want to be heard and to know that someone cares. And, and that matters. Yeah. It's an excellent point, Ryan. Thank you, Kevin. And, you know, let, let me let me say no, this. You. As we get into this, as we get into this comments or into, into these uh into this discussion you know we had a lot of of pre-show discussion that came in 
um, you know, on this I, both ways. And I looked at the comments, you know, and looked at who was was weighing in on it. I mean, we have some solid people. And so I don't think that – and here's the thing I want to point out with a lot of topics that we, we discuss. It, there's, there's a left and right. There's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a two perspectives, and neither one, you know, I think comes in as, as unprofessional or as, hey, I don't want to grow and succeed and so forth. But there's just two different ways to look at it. So I want to kind of throw out this question, maybe go to Victor on this. You know, um, you know Akil Fisher said this, Victor on Facebook, customer is right in their mind. Then he, then he bolded, however, the definition of sales is to make decisions for others for which they agree. Now, I know what he's saying as a salesperson, and he's not say, you know, so, I mean, but he's saying the customer's right in their mind. But maybe what Keel is saying, Victor, is that, you know, the definition of sales sometimes is you as the expert that knows your product and knows what maybe is best for the customer, and, and, and even if it's something different than what they originally thought they wanted, Right. And so, I mean, he, is Keel right, Victor, there with, with that comment? Absolutely. And first of all, I'd like to thank you again for uh, having me on. Uh, but yes, absolutely. And I, that was the point I was going to touch on. Yes, the customer is always right. Because being right is a state of mind, right? It's mm-hmm. something that uh, my wife mm-hmm. always tells me when we're talking, right? I'm always <laughs> right. But I'm right in my own mind. Sometimes she has to educate me and I have to concede that once I get educated. So that's a big part of it because customers are going to have expectations. And to meet and exceed those expectations, you either have to be educated by the customer, right? You have to listen to the customer and know what their expectations are, just like Kevin said. And or, and then you have to exceed those expectations. So you have to listen to your customers. And definitely, the uh, being right is a state of mind. Customer is always right and some of the best salespeople I know understand that salespeople are, are always right or pardon me, customers are always right and that yes, it is a state of mind so Vic- I think he's right on on that point Okay, Victor, now now i got to make sure my wife doesn't see this episode because she's going to want to educate me when I get home. <laughs> oh, my, 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 I just celebrated 24 years this past Sunday, and my wife, wow. she's educated me for, for congrats. 20, thank you, for 24 years. Congrats to her. But because uh, she put, <laughs> she, not congrats to her. Wait, 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 hold on. Congrats to her for being able to put up with me. <laughs> oh, let me rephrase that. That did not sound yeah. right. Right. My wife's awesome, but either 24 years, man, she's educated me, and I haven't learned completely yet. But guys, me, Ed, Ed Brooks, Ed Brooks on on, on Twitter said some people just suck. He said, but it's manage. He said, he said, but it's management's job to decide if they are worth the work. Not all are worth the time or distraction. What say you on that, Brad? Hey, you know, Bill, why don't you answer that, Bill? But you know what, Tommy, if I hear that question, some people just suck. We all agree with that. We all laugh, but we agree. But it's management's job to decide. Let me ask you this, Bill. As, as you know, how does a manager decide that? How does a manager, for goodness sakes, I mean, I've had to do that as an owner here where we've had to turn away business, and it's not really about – me i mean it's not about you know when we i first started the company yeah i wanted all the business i could have but it's about my rep sometimes how do you look at somebody and go hey you know what we're gonna pass on this buddy i mean when you know when you got that salesman that's sitting there going you know i mean don't pass on it you know that's really a big deal some people do suck and it's management's job but how does a manager bill make that decision i think it's maturity well first and foremost i want to say thank you guys everybody for having me on i appreciate it and uh, second off, I'm just, a, I'm just a salesman, so I am not a, a manager yet in the business, but right. I know I will be very soon. Hopefully. The best way to answer that question is, I believe in educational selling. So thank you to Jonathan Dawson, who has mentored me and, and taught me everything I know in the business for the most part. Um, but when you educate the customer and you explain everything to them on how the process is going to work and you walk them through it, typically 99% of my customers, there is no... There is no backlash, but at the same time, you cannot make everybody 100% happy. So Mm -hmm. when you explain, most of what I do is credit challenge customers. So I help people. I'm very fortunate for that because I don't have a lot of a lot of people who have buying power and who can buy anywhere who who think that they are right even when they're not. So what I do is is I explain everything in full detail from start to finish. So I'm helping people. I'm getting them approved. Now, the question of is the customer always right? My customers are not always right, and the reason is is because they need to be educated. I do this every day of my life. The customer buys a car once every three, four, or five years, so they are not as as educated in the business as I am. So therefore, I do have to teach them a lot of how the business works. So when somebody is credit challenged and they come in to buy a certain vehicle 
you know, and put down a certain amount of money and be at a certain interest rate. That is not the case. You know, I have to educate them on, on what vehicle will work and how the process works and why this one won't and why this one will, you know. So, so they're not always right in that sense. And uh, it's my job to educate them and to, to lead them through the steps on why this one will work and why that one won't work and what we have to do together in the future to make that one be possible, you know. So I, I, I explain SWAT to customers, which Jonathan Dawson taught me, and uh, I go through the process. And 99% and of the time there is never any unhappy customers, you know, because I do my due diligence and I explain to them everything I was taught, and uh, it works out very, very well. It's good. Yeah, that's it's great to hear. A lot you're of doing, wisdom, Bill. Doing coming well from there, uh, Bill. Um, let's. You know, we got a comment from our friend uh, David Sabolski. We actually had a few, kind of along the same lines, but on uh, Twitter, you know, David says Grant Cardone's number one rule: always agree. And then he goes on to say that he's never won an agreement when challenging a customer. So. Mm. Um, I'm not sure if that's going to get 100%. When that comment, Dave, on the, the always agree thing, and I know, I mean, obviously yeah. Grant, Grant's, you know, we know Grant's in-your-face guy, but, I mean, people disagreed with it. I mean, Kevin Campbell, I think, said, heck no, sometimes we have to fire the customer or something. They kind of got into a little debate yep. with that there as well. And Keith Wilkerson said the customer's always a guest, and a guest's welcome can be revoked when necessary. Yes. Think about it like that. Refer, uh, we have a, ref, a right to refuse any kind of anybody here. Look at the wall. There's a, there's a sign. Um, let's get Brad involved. Mr. Brad Pascal, how are you, sir? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on. Um, you know, I kind of take the I kind of take the Gary V approach to it where it's like, you know what? The customer's always right as long as you expect and want their money. You know, you, you do have the right to refuse to do business with that person. But leverage is always on the side of the one that's paying for it, that's providing the, the, the money. So, um, you know, what we try to do when I was at Street and what we try to do is we try to just make sure we're providing more, you know, 51% of the relationship and uh, using technology uh, to scale empathy and soul, man. You know, we have so much things out there. There's, a, there's different things where you can get feedback uh, before they get, you know, customer surveys from the – from the manufacturers and different things like that to give you a chance to um, win those customers for life. You know, that's how I see everything is, you know what? An upset customer is just an opportunity, a opportunity right. for me to win that customer for life and for me to make that customer, you know, in love with the dealership and love with the, with the, you know, with, with the vendors now, you know, mm -hmm. and, and going in there and providing uh, a different perspective, a different look on things than most people aren't, aren't seeing because I'm using technology. I'm using, I'm using that to scale soul and empathy mm. to make sure that these people really understand about how the relationship that I'm building with them. You know, thank you, Brad. And, you know, let me go to Ryan, Ryan and, uh, and Kevin, if you guys can maybe both, uh, from, from an, uh, from an owner's perspective, Kevin, and then assistant sales manager, internet manager, Ryan, you know, um, you know, I'm thinking about this. It's easier for us sometimes, you know, I'm thinking about a customer who's, who's aggravated, at an experience, let's say at your competitor, let's say they're aggravated at ABC dealership that's across the street, down the street from you, and they come to see you, right? And they tell you, your, your personnel, that they're upset. It's, it, it immediately, if you're worth your salt, I think puts you in an advantageous situation because you can agree and empathize and all of a sudden you are the, you're the listening ear, you're the person who could take that and, and, and you know, Ryan, and, and make something of it. So if you can do that, for someone who's ticked off at your competitor, if we can learn to do that more internally before they ever leave our dealership, right? If something like that goes on, is there something to that that maybe we as salespeople should just get better at it, you know, at empathizing and, and oh, yeah. you know, so talk about that, Ryan, and then Kevin, I'll let you weigh in on that too. Yeah, and that's, that's huge because one of the coolest things I think in this world is, you know, emotion, emotion doesn't really dissipate. It doesn't disappear. It transfers. So when you have a hot customer, an upset customer, um, it's one of the best opportunities that you can have because you transfer that that upset, that anger into a, a high level of happy. And it's, and it's very easy to transfer that emotion. It doesn't just drop. It doesn't just stop and go away. Um, the upset customer that comes from across the street, easy to jump on their side, point them in the right direction, do everything that the last store didn't do, and move on. If it happens in your own dealership, it's, it's just as easy. You got to be a little bit more tactful because you don't want to throw your 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 other guys, you know, the guys in your your store 
under the bus, mm. but you still want to emphasize. You want to oh, understand them. You you like, oh, Tommy! Oh, problem. Tommy did that. Oh, Tommy did that to you. And Tommy sucks. You know, Tommy's doing that to everybody. I've heard horrible things yeah. about that guy. You know what, man? I'm just Tommy, saying. Tommy, go stand God outside. bless him. Tommy, right, go. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. You don't right. do that. <laughs> That's like the third story I heard from over there. You're the third person this week. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I do a sucky and, job. And what do you want? You jump on their side and you move forward, and it's, it's, the, it's the easiest lay down ever. But it's understand, acknowledge, empathize, talk about and move on. Easy. Hmm. Kevin? Keep the emotion high. What do you say, Kevin Z? Well, you know, I, I, once again, I agree with Ryan. We, we see things like minded me because his nickname is Duck. I'm a bass player, and Duck Dunn was one of the best players ever, right? Hey. Four strings. And that is, I mean, to empathize and listen, one thing I listen for is what upset you at the other dealership that sent you across the street or next door or to my town versus otherwise. So I think it's important to comprehend that and certainly empathize with the customer and, and uh, you know, make sure you're clear in communicating to them that, uh, you know, you understand this perspective of the other dealer. I, I don't immediately trash other dealers and ask my, my staff, you know, don't jump on competition and what they did wrong and focus on that and say, well, it's glad, you, you know, you got to be glad you're here now because we're great. We never make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. Or sometimes when you listen to it, there's things you hear where you, you think to yourself, oh, man. What did I do to deserve the pleasure of this visit today? <laughs> now I'm going to call the guy across the street and say, thanks a heck of a lot. Insert expletive here. Uh, thanks for sending your, your gift-wrapped uh, bundle of joy over to me to try and deal with. But I find that even when somebody else makes a mistake and you have a customer that's upset, there's, there's things you're going to learn. And if you feel that you can deliver uh, a better opportunity for that customer to be satisfied, then by all means, uh, you know, go at it and explain to them exactly how you can do it. Mm-hmm. But I also justify and say, hey, I think this is what that dealer was likely facing, and here's why they made that decision. That being said, uh, you know, you can support your fellow dealer too. Yeah. Uh, that being said, here's how we can help you and how what are, what our differentiating customer experience factors are at Ridgehill Ford. Yeah, and thank you, John, uh, Kevin. Uh, let's go to Victor Montoya. And, you know, uh, you know, Dave, I think when we get in those situations where – you know, we have a customer that's getting upset. It's real easy. In fact, it's probably natural to kind of match that emotion. But this is the one time you don't want to really mirror a customer. Yeah. So, but um, Victor, Victor, you know, um, in our in the few times that we've interacted over the last uh, couple of years, you just strike me as the type of guy that's kind of calm, calm, cool, and collective. So I'm guessing you're probably better at this. But would you say that that's a sales skill? Because I have to consciously kind of, you know watch what I'm doing when I get in that situation with a heated customer. What do you say, Victor? Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's uh, definitely a part of uh, a leadership and learning through the process. I've been in the car business 14 years. I've seen a lot of upset customers. When you can take that customer from 100 back down to the level that they need to be at to uh, satisfy all their needs, um, create the uh, excited emotion to get them into a uh, either a vehicle or just make them happy, answer their questions. Um, you know, that's our job here. Our reputation management is paramount. It's the number one thing that our mentor talks to us about. You have to give them new information to make a new decision. Um, but, yeah, the, the take that level of excitement and anger and then bring it down. And the great thing about having an upset customer is they're going to tell you exactly what you need to do to make them happy. Just don't do what the other guys do. So I like it when they show up on on our doorstep uh, and they tell us this story um, because we know how to handle it. We keep our cool and uh, we, we satisfy the customer. All right, thank you, Victor. We'll go to we'll go to Bill Have real quick. Kevin Burns on uh, Facebook said, "Bill, he's he's a salesperson. He says a customer isn't always right. I believe he says I believe it is the salesperson to be so good that the customer realizes." No. That the salesperson knows better than them and begins to trust them to do everything to help the customer not hurt them. Bill, is is that does that make sense to you that it's the salesperson that needs to be that needs to know better than them and needs to basically gain that trust and and, and needs to be that good? Bill, what, would you weigh in on that? Absolutely, one hundred percent. So, so like I said before, I, I I specialize in getting customers who are credit challenge approved. So from the time they come in, I explain to them the four things that a bank is looking for. So typically, nine times out of ten, when a customer leaves my dealership, they're not leaving in the car that they expected to leave in. They're not leaving at the payment they expected to. Same with the interest rate. 
So it is my job to explain everything to them on why this is your interest rate because you don't have the stability they're looking for or you don't have the track record they're looking for. So what we can do together is you get this loan, you know, you just date this vehicle, you don't marry this vehicle, and we do everything together to improve your situation so that when you come back, we can get you the vehicle that you wanted or the interest rate that fits you better or the monthly payment that you can afford. So I absolutely believe that it's the salesman's job to explain to the customer on, on everything such as the payment, the interest rate, why they're not getting the car that they wanted. You know, so, and, and like I said, Jonathan Dawson had taught me everything from, from start to finish. So the sales process is literally a piece of cake and the customer, they're, they're as clear as can be on why they're, they're leaving in a vehicle that they didn't want to, but they're very happy to do so because they understand the long haul. You know, they're not in it for the short haul now, they're in it for the long haul because they know that they can't, they can't uh, afford to, to make the same mistakes that they were. And uh, those customers are very loyal to me, you know. So uh, I work off of repeat and referral customers, and I've only been in the business for a year and a half. Oh, you seem, I don't take a single fresh up. You, you seem know? very. So I do a video with every customer. You seem very sharp, Sorry, man. Well, no, no, you seem you seem very sharp. I got to throw one thing in here real quick, though. And, and I'll ask, I'll ask uh, I mean, Brad, any, any of you guys can weigh in. One of you guys jump on this. Dave Sabowski is tweeting right now, and he's, he's, he's the one, again, he's seeing, and Dave, Dave's pretty controversial when, when he's on the show and in, on social media. He always kind of is like a salmon in some ways, and I, I like some of the things he says, but he's saying here that you guys have it all backward. He says, customers fire you. So, I mean, really because – you know, we're, I mean, that's really kind of like salmon and upstream here because reality, um, you know, he's, he's, he's really saying there's really no place to, to, for the customer to be wrong. I'd love Dave to call in. I wish he'd call in and maybe, maybe explain himself. I don't want to speak for him, but based on his comments throughout the show, wouldn't you get, wouldn't you think that's what it, he's saying? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that, you know, I, I, and he, and he's actually, he's actually right. I mean, let's face it more, more often than we see. Maybe, but why? Because maybe we're desperate for a sale or something like that. But I mean, well, I think because ultimately, and one of the guests mentioned it earlier about the fact that, you know, the person who has the money and is spending has the leverage, and ultimately <coughs> we're, we're trying to, to uh, present our product and sell it. So it's easy. It's easier for a customer to fire us. I mean, we, we make one mistake or we don't come across the right way or maybe they don't get a warm and fuzzy feeling or we haven't done our job right. It's easy for them to eliminate yeah, but, us. Yeah, but what Kevin Campbell's saying, guys, and let me say the second part of this. He's, when he says that sometimes you have to fire the customer, Kevin's the internet, internet director for uh, a group here in uh, Tampa for Asbury. It's a courtesy group in Tampa. And he said, and so this is an Asbury group. And te- Kevin brings up a good point. Uh, Kevin Zimmick, I'll say this. Kevin Campbell brings up a good point. He says, especially in the CSI, CXI world, the OEM drives down our throat. Bend over backwards to make a difficult client happy. They still punish you on a survey. Those are customers you don't want sometimes. So, I mean, the reality is that this is speaking from somebody who has started selling cars. Obviously, you know, nobody wants to lose a customer. And he's, is he speaking truth here? Or, you know, I mean, what's, what's the right – Kevin Zimmick, what's the right way to – guys, mute whoever that is talking in the back. But Kevin Zimmick, who is um, – you know, who's right here, Kevin? I mean, or, or are they both right? Well, in my thanks for the question, Dave. In my opinion, they're both right. I, I frequently wrestle often with the fact that there are times when chasing the I'll call it CSI is a broad expression for every manufacturer has a different term, but chasing the CSI number for the manufacturer and doing right by the customer always aren't always the right thing. I've said that when I've been on the show in the past, and you have a decision to make: Are you going to chase the number? Are you going to make sure that, you know, as you think about the questions on the survey, am, am, I, am I hitting the right buttons? Or are you going to do the right thing by the customer? My clear indication, my staff, the direction is do the right thing by the customer. If for whatever reason they toast us on, on the CSI survey, you do like you, you manage reputation with anything else. Just know that we will do, we, we've got reasonable customers that we deal with. Um, uh, that will give us strong surveys and push that one to the bottom or offset that one negative one. Every dealer is faced with that. But I'll, I'll tell you, you know, there are many times where chasing that number is not the same as the experience, that's for sure. Okay. All right. Do you guys, do we have a caller? We got yeah, Dave Sabowski. Dave Sabowski's on the phone? Yeah. Dave, come on on board. Hey, guys. How you doing today? I wanted, we wanted to get you on the phone before your head exploded on Twitter and <laughs> get a live stream of that going. I appreciate so, it. Yeah. Speak your mind, brother. Come on. Listening to the subject, uh, you know, customer is king. And in today's business, you know, I just believe any more, a customer more than ever could take their business and go anywhere they go, they want. And to to ever hear somebody say, 
I'm sorry to say this, but to fire a customer is just something I just cannot believe I would hear coming from a professional in the business. Remember, customers fire you. They're the ones holding the money. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, some of the things that I read on Facebook yesterday was, you know, well, let's put an instance, the customer wants this, and what do you do, just give it to them? No, you don't do that. You just don't fold. And I, I think he took that a little bit far. But the fact is, we get fired by customers. And if we don't treat them like like kings and queens or, or however you want to phrase that and wow them, uh, give them all the information that they can make a, a decision, that's shame on us and that's shame on management for not training them properly. All right. Thank you, uh, Dave. Thank you very much. And so one of you guys want to weigh in on that. I mean, does, some, does somebody flat disagree with the, the hard stance that Dave took? I mean, obviously, in theory, we want as many customers as possible. Kevin, I saw you kind of grimace a little bit. I mean, is there is there some gray area there that maybe Dave's not yielding on? I believe that you are not valuable to your marketplace if you cannot say no to a customer. If there's a customer that that is unreasonable, I feel like you're not valuable to your marketplace if you don't have the right to say we choose not to do business with you. Now, obviously, you would not like that to happen, but in some cases, you know, you, you have to tell a customer no. Okay. All right. Thank you. And, and so, uh, uh, Ryan, how about you? I mean, maybe it's maybe it's a me thing on this subject, but. Uh, I feel like, and in, in I can my my people at my dealership will contest to this. When I strictly sold cars, I outsold the entire floor, and I know the least about the cars on our lot, the absolute <laughs> least about our own product. Um, but I got out of the car business a long time ago and got in the people business. I know you guys have heard it. I, I sell myself, and I have a hard time. I could absolutely be fired by a customer. I can. Anybody can. But, and to excuse my language, you either suck or you don't suck, and you don't have to suck. When you learn how to get inside people's heads and understand them, it's, that's what I do. I, I work for my customers, and I know I need my customers. So well, my first goal is is to understand them, their wants, their needs, their up, the things that make them happy, the things that make them angry. I understand them, and then together, like Bill has said earlier, together, we make it work. We, we figure it out together. But, uh, I... Yeah, you can be fired by a customer. Okay. You can, but will you? You can sell a car and you cannot sell a car. Will you? That's good. Thank you. Yeah, you know, Jim. Dave, listen, there's, Go ahead. just to respond, to, just to finish off my thought there uh, that I was speaking earlier on, um, there are circumstances in which, where a customer is not dealing with you above <laughs> board or they're abusing your staff, and I have just as much a responsibility, a fiduciary responsibility to my staff uh, and making sure that they have a constructive and safe work environment, as I do to customers as well. And uh, right. if I need the support, and I've, if I've seen enough and somebody is abusing my staff, I'm firing them. It's not worth what it does to the culture in the store, as well as the other customers around. And uh, under those circumstances, I know that ultimately they fired me because he's not coming back with his w- with his money to my store. But there's times I'm okay with that. I'm at a complete peace. And when my staff sees that, they feel good about the business, and that pays even greater dividends down the road. Bill, Absolutely, I, mean, I couldn't agree point. more. Bill, have I mean, so, Bill, Bill, you said something a minute ago about um, you know in your in your uh, one of your answers about not taking you know ups, you know having basically you you live on appointment. So I mean, you seem like you'd be in a position where you know you could have you, you know you you may be in a position to fire a customer or to not take a customer if they're unreasonable not because you know you you're you know you're all that but it's like you've done the the work and put the effort into you know stacking a book of business and in a calendar in such a way that that you can be discriminating to a degree on what and who you're going to meet with i don't know i know know that doesn't you know is that true or or am i maybe just reading into that a little bit no you're absolutely right i mean there's a certain point where you can only tolerate so much from a customer now I do everything I can to help the customer. I'm in a position where, where they need my help, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I target those kind of customers because I like customers who appreciate me and who are thankful for what I do, not some, some guy who thinks that he can go to 10 different dealerships and waste nine dealerships' time and to have that 10th dealership thanking them. You know, I, I don't like to do that. So I like to, to work with people who are thankful for what I do, and, you know, it's not too often, but if there is a customer who, who, who isn't as appreciative or who feels that they deserve, you know, something better than what their credit score says, then there is a time when I have to, you know, cut ties with them and, and fire the customer and move on to the next one because there's three more people behind them waiting for my time at a desk next to me, you know, and, and, and I want people to be appreciative of that. 
Okay. Yeah, and I'm glad that uh, I'm glad we kind of kind of touched on that subject because I think there is a point where you know customers do get a little bit out of line, and I think you do have to kind of draw the line in the sand for not only your dealership but your personnel. Um, I'm just curious about the proper protocol for launching them out of the store. Do you just hold the door it's open? Two guys, it's two guys side by side. It's 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 elbow and and belt loop, and you, you heave them out like in the old school through the double doors like that. You have the doors flapping. Stay out, and you say that, and stay out. Uh, you gotta do that. Uh, okay, it, it's interesting. That really cop, man. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely an interesting. It's it's definitely an interesting topic because well, I, I wonder mean, some. We're talking about. I mean. It, um, uh, Bill was talking about the subprime factor in that. So I wonder whether, when they say there's leverage, does a subprime person have less leverage than, than the customer who's done the, the homework mm. and has a it's, good it's credit not, score? I don't think they have less leverage. It's, uh, absolutely. He said absolutely. That's option. I don't think they have less leverage. I think when it really comes down to it, they're just more grateful. Uh, but wait I a second. Well, you, let, let me, but okay, well, let me, Brad Pascoe, I mean, let's be honest. And Brad, you, you're, you're, you're at Lot Links now, so you're not at Street. So let's, let, you could be a little more transparent. I mean, I mean, it, isn't it really they have a little less leverage possibly? Because, I mean, let's face it, the leverage in that comes from our knowledge of possibly where... You mean, you mean I got less leverage at a 450 than an 800? <laughs> you might. I mean, you might. You know okay. what I mean? Like, right. you'd be like, you know what? Absolutely. I tell you. you absolutely do. What do you think, Brad? We've had a couple absolutely. Yeah, Somebody... I think I think they have a little less leverage, and then that, that kind of leads to less, to less options at the same one. point. So, I'd like to... Um, <laughs> Like Somebody talking to Siri? Yeah, sure. So I believe that the customer has less leverage because at my dealership, we have a lot more buying power than other dealerships do. So there might be another car at another dealership that that customer thinks that they can get them approved on, but the chances are that we have a better relationship with our banks than they do. So when it comes to our inventory and, and what they got approved on, and if they didn't necessarily like it as much as they wanted to, you know, they can go to another dealership, but they won't get approved at all. So with us, you know, it's, it's you can take this nice 15 Corolla. I know you wanted the midsize, but you just date this car. You don't marry it and come back to me in a year and you'll be able to pick it out. You know, so if they go somewhere else, that dealership won't even get them approved at all. Sure. Yeah, okay, that's a great point. I mean, Victor, Victor, what do you what do you think about that, Victor? I mean, I, is, is Bill, Bill on to something there? <laughs> Absolutely. I think, uh, I think he has a captive audience for sure. I mean, uh, if you're if you're upset because a customer is shopping ten dealers, um, that's what I deal with every day on the digital side, right? Um, so we know what customers are looking for. They're looking for price, availability, convenience. You know, a different way, research, trade, uh, financing. They're looking for all those things. If you don't provide that in a you know in a way that is creative, fast, um, transparent, then you're not going to earn that customer's business. So yes, they can fire you. They can just press the ignore button, and you don't—they don't pick up the phone. They don't answer your text. They don't answer your email. They don't reply to you. So that's what we deal with every day. So you have to step up your creativity. Um, make sure that you're uh, getting the customer that information. Then you win the right to get that reply back from them. So yes, they can fire you. On the other side, you know, we can also say no to a deal. We have to weigh our options as far as profit, re- reputation, management. All of those things to whether we want this customer to, you know, reflect our doership and the customers that we do business with. So that's my view on it. Yeah. Interesting, interesting conversation. I, I think that social media is weighing in on both sides. I mean, it's really, it's, it's something that we deal with on an everyday basis. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. And, and, and we deal, in, and in today's world, we deal with a lot of customers every day. So, you know, there's a, you know, you're going to meet, you know, someone put out there earlier, one out of ten aren't happy i don't know if it's that uh that bad but sean hayes says that he used to challenge customers just to prove that he was right and it never worked out in his favor he said thankfully he has grown in the business and now puts his pride aside keeping the goal in mind i think that's a uh, i'm thankful to, to you sean for sharing that because not everybody would um but that's a great thing you know and i and that goes back to dave earlier talking about the way that you respond and the way that you react you can diffuse a situation, and it really becomes a sales skill, right? It is part of the growth of sales. It, it absolutely is. I think it's all in the communication. When I, I say it this way, when I was, uh, when I, my kids were younger, you know, you guys have kids. It, 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 maybe some of you on the panel have younger kids. But they get sick, and you know, I don't know. I remembered as a kid. I didn't take it as an adult, but 
Robitussin. You know, it sucked. Mm. I mean, it absolutely was probably the grossest thing you ever had. Yeah. And you know what? When I, if I ever learned it the hard way, you know, my kids were sick, and you just kind of go, hey, take this and put it in their mouth. They spit it right out on you. They fired, they fired the robot. They fired, the, they fired, right, they fired a customer. So, <laughs> but what you, you know, if you go like this, amazing, same taste, right? Same sucky flavor, but you, hey, choo-choo game. Oh, come on. Oh, it's so good to choo-choo-choo-choo. Open your mouth, and they take it, and they grimace, and they get, they, but they swallow it, and they're like, wow, you know what? Somehow it tasted better because I played the choo-choo game before, and I didn't get a spit on me. I, I got to say, I did not think we would talk about the choo-choo Neither did I. Today, I put my kids at a headlock, and I just shove it down their throat. <laughs> day, guys. So you take this medicine. It's good for you. You got to stop coughing. Yeah, man. Come on. Hey. Try to fit that one in 140 characters. I think it boils down to. I think it boils down to a couple things. I think it boils down to uh, having emotional intelligence and and you know filling out that stage when they're getting escalated. And then I think it boils down to figuring out what type of communication style they have. If they're kinesthetic, if they're an auditory person, if they're a visual person and how they communicate and matching that communication style with empathy to diffuse the situation to, uh, to earn their business back in that situation. So I think it's first you have to figure out, you have to, you have to be able to recognize when they're escalated, match the communication style, and then, and then the poor empathy in that communication style to win that customer back. All right. That's, Got a couple good, good comments from social media. Dot, Dot Styron said, uh, when you were on the lot with a customer, think of it this way. For now, this customer is signing my paycheck. It's a good, a good word. And then Keith Wilkerson on Twitter said, it's not about the customer being right. It's about the customer's perception being the only thing that really matters. Mm. And uh, I think those are both... Uh, pretty good. Couple points. of oldies, but goodies. But yes. I don't know if I, I don't know if I agree completely. I get it. Which one? I, well, I mean, both of them. Like this customer signing my paycheck. I get that. Okay. No, you're saying what you, you think about it that you way. You don't have a business, but yeah. listen. I mean, I've you know, I. I but, but again, we we kind of talked about that. There's two sides of it. I think it comes down to, um, it, obviously, everyone agrees. Customers buy from you. You make money, and you you have customers. I mean, that's that's business one hundred and one. You, you learn that in, in in your economics class, but. But it's we're not talking about that. I mean, only a fool would say, "Oh, I don't need customers." But I think that the concept that they they sign your paycheck when when you know it, it, you can't blink at that, you know. And um, you know, Dave Sabowski asked as we, we got to get ready to roll, wrap up some comments. But you know, he tweeted it out, and, and he I didn't even ask the question, but I will say it because I know the answer of everybody on this panel. Certainly, they're professionals. But he said something like, "Well, those of you that fire a customer, are you talking about them?" you know, bad in front of other customers. And I think that there's no one on the panel that would say, oh, yeah, absolutely. I tell, I tell other customers how bad they suck. No one's that unprofessional, at least on this show. You know, maybe there's somebody that does that. But, um, but I mean, so I think that's taking it to the extreme. I don't know anybody that, that would agree that's right. You know, like, oh, yeah, just tell the other customers. Warn them. You know, I, I, listen, I fired that customer. I'll fire you, too. Right. Right. Go ahead. Then you're going to start thinking, people are going to start thinking, what the hell is this guy got? This guy must have something pretty great. He's firing customers. This yeah. guy, yeah. I want to do business with this guy. Exactly. It's a confidence yeah. thing. Exactly. It makes so much sense. Yes, I love reverse it. psychology. I love it. Hi. Let's, <laughs> yeah, we got to start wrapping things up. Let's start wrapping things up. Everybody kind of take a couple minutes. Um, give us your final thoughts on everything, how everybody can contact you, all that good stuff. Uh, why don't we start with Mr. Ryan? Uh, thanks for being on the show, sir. Yep, yep, yep. Final thoughts. Um, you can win the customer or you could win the argument. Mm -hmm. um, you win mm -hmm. the argument, customer leaves, and they lay down for somebody else. Uh, you guys can find me on Facebook, Ryan.Dunston. I think Love a lot it, of that, I think a lot of what Ryan he just said. I think a lot of what he just said was actually like you could relate it to like your wife too. Like you can win an argument, or you could have a happy wife. A lot of this, a lot, I'm taking. I'm, I'm actually taking notes for my for my own personal relationship. You need to, man. You need to with this. I do. Thank yeah. you. I am a jerk, and I try to be right all the time, but it doesn't really. No, she doesn't sign my paycheck, but there's other things she does that she takes make it well worth. Uh, she, she takes, she takes my paycheck. Yes. All right. Very cool, Ryan. Thanks for your time, Mr. Bill. Have why don't you give us your final thoughts, bro? Uh, I can't thank you guys enough for having me on. I had a lot of fun. I can talk cars and customers all day long. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Bill Have. You can find me on YouTube at Bill Have. Um, my slogan is, is, if you have to have it, Bill Have has it. Um, I dedicate everything that I've learned in the business. I haven't been very long, but uh, it's all due to Jonathan Dawson teaching psychology. So I want to give him a huge shout out and a thank you. And uh, always remember, if you have to have it, Bill Have has it. Thank you. You need to have a, your own dealership, obviously. There's yeah. no way you can have that name and not have yeah, your own like, dealership. Yeah, you'd be, you'd, you know, you'd be like, you're like, half in the business. Good you need for a you. car, Bill has it. Yeah. Bill you have to have a car, it. Bill Have has it. Come see me. 
And you could do the stanky leg thing. And, 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 uh, you, and, you, did John, and you, did, you did Jonathan Dawson a solid three times, but that's so he, I don't he know what he paid you. Yeah, uh, he Bill, owes you. Bill, Bill I, ca- I, ca- I counted. There were, there were five mentions, which means he earned 500 bucks. That's a, a, a Bill a mention. Good job. <laughs> Good job there, Bill. Smart. Jonathan, da- Jonathan, Jonathan Dawson halves your money. All right, so Have let's, go to Ke- let's go to Victor Montoya. Mr. GQ himself. Diego Montoya. He killed my father. <laughs> there it was. There you go. <laughs> of course he knew that. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, I really appreciate you having me on. It's always a pleasure to be on your show. Um, those two things that I have is just always put yourself in the customer's shoes. Um, you know, have that empathy. Once you know where they're coming from, you know how to uh, treat them and react to them. Second thing is always give new information to your customers and make a new decision. Um <clears throat> Other than that, I'll take the Robitussin tip and uh, wash it down with some Perrier. <laughs> Come on now. There you go. Come on now. Go to Brad Pascal. Yes. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, settling the new gig with Latlink, so you can reach me at uh, bpascal at latlinks.com or on Facebook or Twitter, pretty much anywhere. Um, you know, the biggest thing that I take away is you know, have those safety nets and use technology to scale empathy. And so, you know, the the people that are going to win are the guys that start that start slicing your roast beef when you walked into the grocery store. That created the baker dozen that do those things that that are above and beyond that most people don't do. And that that goes for a dealership, that goes for a vendor. You know, those people that truly partner and have it, have an interest in helping people. Those are the guys that are going to win. Hey Brad, you got like within the vicinity of real close to you a, a basketball, like a little basketball, before that net behind you. <laughs> hundred bucks. Hey, hey, wait, wait, hundred. Hey, wait, wait. Hey, grab, grab it again, man. Grab it again. Hundred bucks, you hit it. Hundred bucks, you hit it right now. You, you make this shot, man. I'm sending you a hundred bucks. That is ridiculous. That's psychology. Come on, right here. Psychology. <laughs> Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no. Hey, I, I was a baseball player, not a basketball player. <laughs> awesome, man. Thank you very much for being on. Kevin, Mr. Z himself, thank you, man. If you give us the closing remarks, we're going we're gonna to have you close us out. All right, man. Uh, a couple of things. I'll make it real quick. If I had a hockey stick, I could have got that ball in that net. First of all, that's because of this. This guy could have put that in the net. I don't know what I'm looking at there. What is that? A couple of things, just considerations. So as the person who runs a store, if somebody comes to you and says that, you know, we have a customer who is in disagreement with us, we've done everything we can within the autonomy you've provided us, what what do you use as the criteria to make your decision to break up with the customer or fire them? Real quick, here they are. Customer's financial value. What what is the value of their business, either in your DMS and your CRM, thus far to date? It'll, It'll tell you that. Second thing is, is, um, you know, how would they behave with your frontline staff? And is there a pattern of that behavior? And if it's been negative, it's going to affect you negatively going forward or make send a wrong message to your staff, then that's going to have an effect on it. What is their future value to you? Are they an influencer in the community? Are they, are, are they a community leader and be bad mouth in yellow over town, which will be bad for you? And, and finally, I think it's, it's empathy. Are they empathetic to the fact that we are doing our very best to serve them, or are they the kind of person that plays the system? They know if I go to Roots Chris and I complain about my steak, I get a free one every time, and I'm going to go from there to McDonald's and get a free this, and I'm going to the car dealership, I'm going to bitch them out and get free stuff. And if that, that's the case, and you know, it, it makes sense, cut them loose, man. Either way, it's a tough gig, the automotive thing. You know, the customer's right at work. Your wife is right at home. At least you got the drive. Uh, the drive between. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. At Z I on Twitter all the time. Thanks for having me, guys. Canada represents. Dark Boom. Guy. Boom shakalaka. Thank you, sir. Gentlemen, thank you guys for. We, we would love to have had. Uh, uh, we'd love to hear some ladies out there and get some comments from 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 your perspective as well. Maybe you agree, maybe you disagree. We got a lot of comments on social media. Thank you guys so much for for hanging out with us, man. It's been yep. a great show. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks guys. for having me. Pleasure. So, right, guys, we're wrapping this thing up, man. What a great conversation, great dialogue. You know, um, 
A lot of great comments. Diana, actually, we do have a comment here from Diana Edson, the dad. The customer absolutely has the upper hand, but unfortunately, they're not always right. So that's been somewhat of a theme. She said, I would be more concerned with why that would ever come up anyway. If you're doing what you're supposed to do, they will never feel wrong. What I like about that is the fact that she's being proactive, not reactive, because a lot of times I think that that might be one of the issues. Um, you know, at least kept hard. I know the other day on Facebook said people buy from people. So that's some of the comments from some of the leading ladies, you know, out there as well. Um, you know, Dave, you know, from a female perspective, what do you feel? Kangaroos buy from kangaroos. <laughs> I couldn't help. I just got, wow. what do you think, man? No, I mean, like, in other words, you know. Well, you know, I really, honestly, the professionals we had on today and the people that are engaging, I think we all know that, you know, we're going to be proactive up front. We're going to do everything we can to make a great customer experience. Mm. That is what it's all about. That's our mission when we're there day to day. However, that being said, it doesn't take away the reality that you're going to have some people that are just like, like uh, um, Kevin mentioned just a moment ago, you're going to have some of those people that, you know what, it, it, no matter what you do, yeah. it's, it's just not enough. And you're going to have some people that are just angry at the whole situation. Sometimes they're angry before they arrive at the store just because they got to go there and they're expecting something great or something terrible. It is our job to change that. However, every once in a while, I mean, I don't know anyone who's 100%. So Yeah. Tommy, Tommy I want to get your closing remarks and your final opinion. But Calvin Pierce said he takes the long way, Kevin. Calvin Pierce said, I take the long way to work. Ha, ha, ha. I guess that's him saying that I need my safe space oh, so that said, I can be the, right. For 45 minutes, I want to be right. right. 45 minutes right. a day. I'm taking the right. long way. I get way. to be right for 22 minutes. That's what I'm talking about, minutes. Calvin Next time Pierce. I come to the studio, I'm going to go through Orlando. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Calvin Pierce took three hours to get to work so he could be right. Go ahead, T. Um, I think what he just said uh, resonated with me. You know, some of those people, you know, our business, you know, I've said it to some of that. I think some of that um, – some of what we were talking about had to do with maturity. You know what I mean? <clears throat> maturity in the business because I, I see some of the sales guys in our room who, you know, are just willing to do a deal and willing to get, I mean, sometimes we get treated poorly. You know what I mean? And then you got to consider, <clears throat> okay, is this person going to be uh, a good customer? Is it going to be a mutually beneficial relationship? Are, are they going to be more headache than they're worth? And at the end of the day, you got to weigh that and say, you know, maybe that's not, maybe I'll let I, him move on. I have you know? a question for you. How about this? How about as a how sales, about that? How about this? How about that? How about as a salesperson, or even maybe it's from a company perspective? But um, is it okay if you're willing to lose a customer because you feel like the money that you would make is not enough? Yeah, well, that's what I'm referring Absolutely. to. Absolutely, that's what I'm saying. I and mean, I think that we it, say not enough, not in a greedy <clears throat> manner. But you're talking words, about. In other words, I'm I'm cool no longer helping you out because it's not worth yes. what I would if you're, if you, yes. the, here, Here's what I would say, too. If your ownership, I'm the, as the owner here, is okay with the principle of, you know, listen, I love customers. And, but I also, I also, I like integrity and character, and I believe that that's not just on one side. I believe that that is who you do business with, what you compromise or don't compromise, are you compromising? Right. So if the owner's okay, so for instance, if I'm okay, I've, I empower our guys. And it's, Tommy's right on the maturity aspect and, and, what, and what he means by that maybe is maybe your book of business, the amount of money you're making. Are you somewhat desperate? Are you, you know, I mean, do you, do you need the money? You know, well, can or, you even see it? Some people, like I'm saying, right. they don't see it. They just see, well, oh, I got an opportunity to sell a deal, you know, as opposed to. But it comes, what I was going to say, those, you're right, but it comes down to a training because, in other words, if you're paying attention and you're okay with it, not only are you okay with it, you, 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 you mandate it. Like you mandate the fact that we're going to be respected. I use it as an opportunity. I don't just go and say, no, we're not going to do business with them, but I will undo something or step in sometime or now you guys do. And we'll, then we'll pull them aside and say, look, I know you wanted this, you know, this deal. And then we'll use it as a teaching experience to say, this is why we didn't go that route. Right. Because the truth of the matter is it isn't worth the headache down the road. And then you begin to kind of, I think sometimes identify what that's going to be and who that's going to be. But I think what, I think that's really the more or, or the, to take away from this whole show, you need to be paying attention to that kind of stuff because some customers are not worth the upfront down the road. It's just, well, that's what Kevin Campbell fact. said. He said, you're going to deal with a jerky customer the whole, through the whole process. They're still going to screw you on a Google review or a Yelp review or whatever, you well, know, that's part of the gig. But, um, you know, another, thing that I'll bring out because I, you know, I brought that perspective up, but I also believe that it's a responsibility of a salesperson, not just to be able to make that decision based on their feelings and their experience. In other words, 
um, that scenario I just talked about, there's a greater thing going on in that you work for and you represent a company. So you can't really just make those decisions, but even though sometimes you may But a company them. sometimes doesn't. It's the company's fault if they're not, if the atmosphere is not and the culture is not play in a place where that decision's even recognized one way or the other. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it, it's, it's, it really comes from the top down, I think, in some degree in culture. Um, that's why these are important. Kevin, I, Kevin, I think, hit it on the head. I understand Dave Sobowski, but, you know, no offense, Dave. I love Dave. But I heard a lot of, like, Cardonites and different things like that. And, again, that's great stuff. But I heard a lot of things you've heard over the years. And that's – that. those – everything's situational. Yeah. All the training I do is situational. It doesn't work 100% of the time because there is – there has to be exceptions to the rule. There has to be flexibility. I mean, it just flat out. You don't run a red light, right, or you get a ticket. Well, let me ask you a question. What if a mass murderer with a machine gun is chasing you? I'm running a freaking red light. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? In other words, I mean, in other words, you know, uh, it's a situational I, you, thing you're saying. I'm just saying I'm, that it's a really weird stretch. But I mean, no, I get it. Yep. Yeah. All right, we got to well, roll. We got to roll. We got some I good like shows coming shirt, up. Man, you like the hats? You like the blue shirt? Guess what? There's only a couple of these bad boys. We just made them. We got other colors, but not these colors. These colors are are, are special. You want them? Come on, man. Do something. Do something about it. Arnold Tiarina wore us out until he got this there hat right yeah, here. He got this tweeted that out there. today. Mar Arnold, you don't have this one, though. That's this cool. is a special charcoal gray one. Yeah, Dude, how did true. you get that Rolex uh, little emblem here on your hat? How do you think? I, I need it. How do you think? <laughs> I need that. All right. All right. Jeez. Boom. Love you guys. God bless y'all. Peace. Yep.